You want to start us off? (laughs) I beat you to it. (laughs) All right. This is episode 32 of KT Confidential. And today we are joined by Jamie Contarini from Goodnight Halton. Goodnight Sleep Halton. Yeah. Goodnight Sleep Sleep Sight. Sleep Sight. Instagram's Goodnight Halton, though. Goodnight Halton on Instagram. (laughs) Goodnight Sleep Sight Halton. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. It's a beautiful day today. It is. Summer is about here. Yes. They say it's going to be the nicest weekend we've had. This spring, so nice. We need it. Look, that's good. To it. Adrian and I are headed up this weekend up north for our annual business planning getaway. That's what we tell our wives that it is, right? <laughs> I'm joking. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, it is actually a really good time for us to sit down and talk business and come up with some great creative ideas. Yeah. We already start our planning for the next year. The alcohol sometimes gets the creative juices flowing. It does. Yeah. That's helpful. Absolutely. <laughs> It, it absolutely does. And yeah. the fresh air and, you know, the scenery and yeah. and all that. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, tonight or today, I should say, we are going to chat a little bit about sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, when you reached out to us, it was perfect timing because I was literally, I can't remember exactly what was happening, but I just know that my kids weren't sleeping at that exact moment. Yeah. And I think when I got it, it was late. It was. It's funny because you responded first and said, I just got my is it two-year-old yeah. down to bed. Yeah. And then you responded a little while later saying, yep, my twins are now asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, struggles that I think many people deal with. Absolutely. So, uh, and it goes up and down. You can have a great sleeper. And all of a sudden I got a call from someone today who said, my kid has been sleeping amazing. And now she's three and she will not stay in her room. Yeah. And so it, it goes in waves, right? Yeah. So, well, before we get into all the talk about yeah. sleeping and stuff like that, uh, we always like to ask our guests to tell us a little bit about them. Like, where'd you grow up? How did you get into, you know, how'd you end up where you are now? Okay. <clears throat> so I grew up 10 minutes from here. I grew up in Meadowvale. And uh, it was funny because I saw your listing today on Instagram and it's in my parents' backyard. So yeah. I was like, I know that exact area. Um, so I grew up in Meadowvale and I lived there. I worked 10 minutes down the road. And when my husband and I started looking for houses, Milton was sort of last on our list. We were looking along the Lakeshore line. He worked in Toronto. I worked in Mississauga. And so we really wanted Lakeshore line. So we looked in Oakville. We looked in Burlington. And at the time, this was 2004, I think, 2005, the market was crazy. And we got into so many bidding wars Mm -hmm. and we lost everyone. And then my husband was on the train one day and saw a new builder developing here in Milton and said, hey, like it's 10 minutes from you. Can you just go pick up the information? So I did. And we obviously loved it because we moved in. And we had known a few people who had moved to Milton and very quickly moved back to Mississauga. And so their reasoning was because they didn't live like they lived in Milton, but they didn't do anything. So they were always going back to visit friends. They were going to do their groceries in in um, Mississauga instead of doing it in Milton. Because at the time it was just the Loblaws and the food port. And oh, so, the good old food port. Yeah, the good old food port. And the old Loblaws where the winners is, mm-hmm. that's all we had. And so we said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to live here. So the summer that they were building our house, we would go for walks around Mel Pond. We'd go to Jay's Ice Cream. We went, like, nice. we just really tried to dive in here. And we love it. We we love that you can pretty much walk or ride your bike anywhere you want to go. And it's not very far to drive across. And so we didn't have kids when we first moved here. And we had our kids. And at the time I was working in Toronto and I decided that 
I wasn't going to go back to that job. And so I worked from home for a little bit on my own. And when my son was nine months, it was almost seven years ago, actually, um, I used to nurse him to sleep or rock him to sleep. He was a very easygoing baby and it worked and it was no problem. And one of the local mom groups had a meetup just down the street here on Main Street. And so I went to visit some friends and they had the founder of Goodnight Sleep Site. Her name's Alana McGinn. They had her going to do a sleep chat. So I was like, yeah, I don't really need sleep help, but I'll come and visit my friends. So I did. I got there. It's funny because it's the first time that he had ever napped longer than 38 minutes. That was his thing. And he napped an hour and a half. So I almost missed the session. But he woke up. But you never wake there. a sleeping baby. You don't right? wake a sleeping baby. I was not going to wake him for this. And now I changed my mind. And you do wake after being through my training and stuff. I would say wake a baby if it's going to interfere with their next sleep. But at the time, I was like, we are not waking you. I was just going to say, we wake them all the time. Yeah, yeah. now you should. Um, and so I went to the seminar. And I sat there. And I'm listening in. And, you know, she was talking about babies need at least an hour of sleep. And I was like, yeah, I hear you. But mine's okay. He's happy. And then she said, if you, if they're not getting enough sleep, they're going to wake up early. And I was like, oh, okay. Because we're up between five and five 30 in the morning, but it was nice out. We'd go for a walk. So it didn't bother me. And so she's like, you know, try to lengthen those naps. She's just giving these tips to all these moms, lengthen the naps, make bedtime earlier. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, what I'm doing is working. So I'm not going to change it. And so I went home and a couple of weeks later, he stopped nursing to sleep. And I was like, oh no, what do I do now? Because he would cry in my arms because he was tired. He would cry in the crib. So I didn't know what to do. And so I reached out to Alana and I said, okay, I think I need some help. So we worked together and I got him sleeping. Within three nights, he was sleeping through the night. His naps extended. His naps took longer. They, they extended to about an hour and a half for each of his naps. And then I was hooked and I just wanted to do this. And so it was about a year later. I tried I tried really hard to meet her for coffee. I kept messaging. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll be in your neighborhood. Let's go for coffee. I wanted to do the certification. I wanted to become a sleep consultant, but I really wanted to work with her. I loved her approach to it all. And I just loved the setup of it all. And at the time, it was just this one woman show. And so she reached out to me about a year later and said, okay, listen, I need to grow. Like it is so busy and you seem interested. And I was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. So this September is actually six years since I started my certification. I was her first hire. And now we're up to 24 consultants across Canada and the U.S. Nice. So it's it's pretty amazing. That's yeah. great. And I was telling you earlier what it allowed me to do. I wanted to be home with my kids. Some parents are ready to go back to work. Some moms are ready to go back to work. No problem. Um, I really wanted to be home. And so I was able to do this with them at home. At first I had my first son and he would nap two hours in the afternoon. So the nice thing with having a predictable schedule is I could book all my calls during that time. And then he was going to bed early so I could do calls in the afternoon. And so I've been able to keep them home with me and and build this business over the last six years. That's great. It sounds like you're doing well and enjoying it. Yes. I love it. Absolutely love it. So we have, uh, obviously and doing a lot of business in Milton, that demographic is right up your alley yes. um, with young families and with young children. So we've run into some struggles with our business where right. 
um, while we're selling houses, it's a huge inconvenience. Can be true, you know, with people coming in at all hours to view the house. So yes. people with kids that have nap times or you know strict. Uh, yep. regimented bedtime routines. Exactly. They get very interrupted. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, the process of the actual move, which we talked about earlier. Right. Where you remo- how do you transition them from one house to the other um, without Disrupting messing their things. routine too much? Yeah. It's, it's funny that you mention that because I get a lot of messages from people who are selling their homes after we've sleep trained. And they'll say to me, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Like, we have an open house. Mm. Or we have showings that five or six and my baby goes to bed at 630. How do we do this? So I always tell families there's this 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you protect their bedtime, naps, and sleep environment. 20% of the time you're going to be off track. You have to sell the house. You have to do the showings. You have to do the open house. So in some situations, I'll say, you know what, grab a playpen and go to someone else's house. Go to a friend, a parent, family, whoever you have in the neighborhood and let your baby try to nap there. If they don't nap, they can go to bed early that night. On the nights of showings, You can't do anything about it. Do your bedtime routine before you have to get out of the house. Sorry. And then as soon as you get back, you can get them into bed, right? Really quick wind down routine and get them into bed. Yeah. Well, that'll come in very handy with our clients. We've got a clip of this. We'll record it and email it to them. But uh, because if you're declining appointments, it could be detrimental to the sale of your home. Absolutely. Right? Which is pretty significant Mm -hmm. uh, because you never know who the ultimate buyer is going to be. So you want to get as many people through as you can. You don't like my suggestion of just taking a vacation? I think that's a great idea too. That is a great idea. But if it takes a month to sell your house, (laughs) that's quite the vacation. I'll tell you guys, when we were searching for our houses, we were in Oakville and we went into this one house. And so we knocked on the door and this young guy answered the door in high school, I'd say. And he kept apologizing. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And we're like, no, it's fine. Like you can be here. We're just going to look around. And so my husband, myself, and the agent are looking around. We look around the main floor. No one's there. Basement. We get upstairs, and the the guy was in his room doing his homework. He's like, you can look in my closet. Like, look all around. No problem. We do. And then my husband and the agent were talking about something in the hallway. And I went into a room, and I opened the door and turned on the light. And there was a couple sleeping oh my in God. bed. Don't do that. Don't have your kids <laughs> sleeping. And have them going. And, I mean, that's when the kid came back. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're really tired. And I was like, Okay. This was very, I'd never seen anyone sleeping during a home tour. Oh, I have. Yeah. (laughs) Have you really? I'm sure you guys have seen some crazy things. I'll tell you a quick story. So I was showing properties in Guelph and, you know, Guelph is a bit of a university town. Yes. Um, So this particular home, beautiful home, town home, which my clients ultimately um, were super happy with, but... They purchased the home without a without a hitch. Uh, we knew it was tenanted by students. Okay. And I would guess there was probably three or four students living in the home, and they knew that it was dirty. There was junk everywhere. Whatever they were able to see past that. Well, in our purchase agreement, we had the right to visit the property a couple of times before it closed. And on the first visit, I go up to the door and I take the key out of the lockbox and I always knock, right? Everybody on the team always knocks first and waits just to see if there's anybody home. There wasn't supposed to be anybody there. Okay. I uh, I put the key in and it's already unlocked. So I'm knocking again and I open the door, shoes everywhere. 
I'm like, okay. I walk into the kitchen. There is food, leftover food all over. I'm like, guys, I'm really sorry. They probably had a party or something last night. Go upstairs, looking around. All right, kind of stinks. The toilet seat is up and there's some junk in the toilet. And uh, one door, one bedroom door is closed. So I knock. No answer. I open the door. And there's Buddy and his girlfriend, totally naked. (laughs) One of them is in a, uh, like a doggy style position. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Clothes everywhere. Pizza box open with pizza in it at the end of the bed. (laughs) And I look at my clients who purchased this home. I said, guys... That was one hell of a party that they had last night. I really apologize, but I'll never forget it because I yeah. can't. I I can't imagine how our buyers were feeling no, exactly. uh, walking into the bedroom and seeing. Yeah. Oh, there was another that. time you and I went to, and I think it was an agent open house or something, and we had. Um, really, I can't remember the house. I remember it was quite nice. It was. I don't know if it was staged or decorated nicely, but the home was nice. And then we went into the basement and the basement was unfinished and the lights were off and we heard a shuffling. So I I thought maybe there was like a dog in a dog crate or something. So we turn on the lights and there's like three or four people sleeping in sleeping bags on the concrete floor. Under the stairs. Under the stairs. Yeah. So like they took their sleep time very seriously. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yes. But it was, and there was, I'm pretty sure it was an agent open house. So there was a realtor there and he didn't tell us. And like, and we went back up. Yeah. 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 So maybe you didn't So don't do that. No. Don't do that. Your agent, your clients can go out for a little while. It's hard. I I know how hard it is to have overtired kids. It's not fun. But the faster it gets sold, then the faster you get back on track. Um, And then I do, I have a lot of clients who will say to me two situations. One, they'll call and say, listen, we're house hunting right now, or, you know, we're going to be moving soon. Should we wait until we move to do the sleep training? And this happened to me just a couple weeks ago. A woman is selling her house and they're hunting for one. And in the meantime, until they find something, they're going to live with her dad. And her baby's up every 45 minutes to two hours all through the night. Like She's exhausted. And I said to her, no, you don't have to wait. Let's get on a schedule now. Let's get them sleeping now. And then I can give you the tools to move it over to the next house. You're you're changing the bedroom, yes, but the crib's going to be the same or the bed's going to be the same, most likely. Um, You're going to take their stuffed animals and that kind of thing. So unless it was a situation where they were having, you know, if she had just put the house up and they were having open houses and everything all weekend, I might say hold off a week. But um, so I did. I, I actually jotted down a couple notes because I don't like to forget anything. So my one tip when you're moving is... Take your kids' favorite things. Do your kids have like stuffed animals? That oh they yeah, of course. Sleep with? We met. We bought two of. Yes, yeah, so smart. Just one goes missing. Exactly. So I always say we have either, two of everything too, but for a different. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need four of the lovely. Yeah. yeah. Four. four. Four Elmos. Four. Exactly. Four giraffes. Yeah. yeah. So my tip is whatever those sleep essentials are, take them and put them in a bag, a box, or something, and put them in your car. Do not put them on the moving truck. Okay, so for me, I would take two blue elephants, one dog, one blue pillow, 
two blankets, and that would be my kit. And if you can, if you have the option, get the crib loaded into the um, moving van last. So it's like the first thing to come off if you're using a crib. If that's not possible, use a playpen, right? For those first couple nights, just set up a playpen. But the key is those sleep essentials. It's a new place. It's going to smell different. It's an, you know, it's going to sound different. All, all houses have their own sound. So that's going to be something familiar for your kids. Um, another idea is to, when you get there, set up their room first. Everything, you know, it's, it's chaotic when you move. I don't want to move because I can just imagine all the chaos with kids. We've been in our house since we had our kids, so we're staying for now. Um, but, and I know there's a lot that you want to get done, but if you can, again, just get that room set up, at least their bed, get their bed set up, get their crib set up or a playpen. And then you really want to make the windows dark because if it's light, they're going to see things as they're trying to fall asleep. We always promote like dark sleep environment. Darkness cues melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. So you want to always make that room nice and dark. If you don't have the option, you know, if the previous owners don't leave darkening blinds or darkening curtains, or if you've bought new and you're just moving in, um, cover the windows with something. So you can use moving boxes. You have a ton of them. Cut them up. Tape them. I always like painter's tape because it won't remove the paint. Yeah. Yeah. So um, painter's boxes, garbage bags. And then there's those with the garbage bags. Obviously, you want to make sure that the sun isn't directly hitting the room because we don't want it to smell bad from the garbage bags. Um, But another option. Especially if they're used. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't do that. Another option that I'm sure you guys see it all the time is um, the temporary window coverings. So it's like an accordion paper blind. Adrian still has some on his front door. Well, how so proud funny. I am of those. It's so funny that you say that because I have them in my in my room because I can't commit to something. I don't know what I want on my windows. <laughs> so we have the paper blinds. We have curtains in front of them. But the paper blinds are great because they just double side tape into the window frame. And then you drop it down and during the day you can open it up. They come in white. I see a lot of people get the white ones. But go for the black. If you're putting it in the bedroom, do the black ones. Um, another suggestion is to have, whether it's your baby or your like two-year-old or five-year-old, let them help you set up the room. It's going to take you longer. It might be a little frustrating sometimes, but at least let them play in the room while you're organizing things because it's going to get them more excited and it's going to get them, it's going to let them get a feel for the room. They feel accomplished with helping, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then the other, the other tip is um, boxes. So obviously you're not going to unpack everything in a day. So in the bedrooms, I would say even your bedrooms, when you're setting up like the master bedroom, take whatever you haven't got unpacked, move it to the closet. You guys talk have talked in a few of your podcasts about decluttering and clutter just I can't me, stand you it. can't yeah. sleep. Your bedroom should be your oasis. It's like your place to get away from the chaos of the rest of the house. And so kids as well. For one, we don't want kids who are in beds getting into the boxes in the night. If they're bored, they can't sleep or They're waking up early because of the excitement of the changes. We don't want them getting into it. So put those in the closet. Um, And then for for adults as well, you want to be able at the end of this exhausting day, you want to be able just to go in and relax and not have to look at those boxes and be tempted to unpack something else or think about how much work needs to be done. So hide those away. And then my last tip for kids is be really consistent in how you respond. So some, depending on the age, they might cry. And if you have a baby who 
can fall asleep on their own, who has been a great sleeper at home, then if they're in the crib and they're crying and you want to go in the first night and say, it's okay, you know, this is our new house, you're safe here, do it. With older kids as well, they might be a little bit tempted to come out and ask questions about why did I just hear this sound, whatever. You know, you can comfort them the first night or two, but after that, really try to set your boundaries again and get back on track because if you start all of a sudden laying with them, which you never did before, you don't need to because you moved, okay? A lot of parents will feel like we've just made this big change and they don't understand it, so we feel guilty sometimes, so then we start to lay with them. That's going to become the new norm, They're going to be like, this is amazing. And they're going to keep wanting that. So just really set your boundaries and just say, you can absolutely reassure them, but you don't have to change what you're doing. So just really kind of get back on track as soon as you can. And they're going to adjust well. The one thing I think we're very cognizant of and that we comment to our sellers uh, often, and and I know I always make a a point of it because it's, it's difficult We've been chatting kind of about that. It's difficult to sell a home when you have children. But what we pay a little bit of attention to is that we leave the kids' rooms more or less the same. Like we don't do full-blown staging in the kids' rooms. Um, We don't really change much up. Maybe there's some decluttering happening um, and some tidying up or whatever, but... For the most part, we're not asking them to paint the room or remove their favorite things from the walls and things like that. Why are you? I I disagree, but that's okay. (laughs) Why why do you disagree? Well, I don't think, I don't think, no, no, I don't think we treat those rooms any different, in my opinion. Uh When when was the last time we brought furniture or something into a a kid's room? If they needed it, we may like bring a chair or something. But for, I would say for the most a part, a lot of the staging furniture is not conducive to suiting a nursery. Right. So for the most part, we're not asking for much to change. No. But if if I you know if we felt that where their crib was made the room feel small because it was blocking the doorway, we would still recommend moving it. Yes. Yeah. You, we usually assessments. get more pushback though with yeah. doing anything in those rooms for sure. Right. Yeah. Like people are hesitant to. <laughs> Oh, there's one house we uh, recent, well, we have listed for sale now. It's sold conditionally, where we recommended they remove their kids' names from the wall, right? Just in the process of depersonalizing, yeah. and they didn't want to. Okay. Uh, so there's a, I don't know if it's uh, more sentimental or what it is, but there's something about children's rooms, whether it's a an infant, a toddler, or right. uh, an older child. So but. my tip, and I'm not a certified certified sleep consultant by any means, but my tip is if you are planning on selling, yeah, I think you should, and you have kids with stuff like that, is... Go, keep going. <laughs> Am I being too animated for you? No, no, morning? whenever Am you... Am I interrupting you? We, we have, whenever you cut me off, I get a smirk from Cam. Cam. Just do your job. <laughs> so my tip is if you are moving, you've got kids, or you're planning on making a move, start making those changes well in advance so the kids can adjust yeah. uh, for that period. So, you know, if we do the staging consultation three, four months before the actual property is going for sale, uh, that gives time to mm-hmm. solely make those adjustments for things like that. So, Well, and get the kids involved in it too. Right. I mean, yeah. You can't do it with 
babies, but if you have a toddler, I remember they when I was know. young, whenever my bed moved, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yes. Right? So if you get your kids involved in the process Absolutely. of changing the room up, I think that it will be fine. Yeah. Um, what do you find, not necessarily real estate related, but what do you find to be one of the biggest struggles? Like, is it people... Like, is it co-sleeping stuff or is it uh, people feeling bad when their kids are crying and they have they feel the need to go in and soothe them or? I think so it all, I mean, we start sleep training from four months okay. <clears throat> and a lot of babies go through a sleep regression. Someone just tagged me in a post yesterday and their baby's three months and just starting it. And so those first four months are exhausting. And so a lot of parents want to get started then, right? Like they're just like exhausted and their babies don't know how to fall asleep on their own. I mean, for the first four months, you have to help your baby. They Some need more help than others. And so you're nursing to sleep. You're giving the bottle to sleep. You're rocking. And, and so then some people co-sleep. Some people co-sleep reactively. Like some people will come to me and say, I never wanted to co-sleep, but it was the only way I could survive. And so Literally. that's... Yeah. And so that's when they want to break those habits because they're just tired. A lot of times when babies start moving, so when they're starting to crawl, parents don't feel safe, right? If they're not in their crib, they don't feel as safe. So they want to get them in there. Um, I find that when you ask about feeling guilty about letting their kids cry, that's a big one. And the internet is fantastic. And there are so many supportive groups that I'm part of, but there's also a lot of contradicting information um, and a lot of opinions that make families feel even worse. So I say to families, if you've committed to this, this is you. And I spoke with a woman yesterday who has a lot of issues um, just with her immediate family, her husband's family, who, you know, isn't necessarily as supportive. And so I said, but it's you guys. And my suggestion is once you decide to do this, don't talk about it. Until you're happy with how things are going, just don't talk about it. Um, so a, a huge part of what we do is the support. Like I'm there, moms can, moms and dads can, um, you know, just rant, right? Things that they're going through, things that they're unsure about, they can ask. But I mean, we have, <clears throat> sorry, we have kids from <clears throat> four months until I just finished with a seven-year-old. Wow. And so in that situation, he was going into the parents' room in the middle of the night and sleeping there for the rest of the day. And so when you have one child, it's not as hard sometimes because you get into that survival mode and it's one child who comes into your bed. And so you just kind of go with it. This family had a second baby. So now it's not as easy, right? Because you don't want to wake the baby. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting it to say like one specific issue or concern is there's not really, but I guess the overall theme is that babies or kids are independent are sorry, not independently falling asleep. So they're dependent on their parents, whether it's them laying with them or feeding to sleep or rocking. That's the thing that we work on mm -hmm. to help them break. I think it's very strenuous on a marriage too. Like if you're not it's, working together, like yes. I know, I know people that where the husband and wife actually sleep in their kids' bedrooms, like one in one, one in the other. Yes. Like they don't even sleep together yep. anymore. Um, so I think you have to be on board with whatever you're doing. Absolutely. And like commit to it. Yes. Because as soon as you have like one person that is like, no, no, I'm going in because they've been crying for five yep. minutes. And the other one's like, no, we need to wait. Like, right. I think it's important to be on board together. It is. And so often 
I'll do the calls just with the mom because usually the dads are at work. I love it when dads can join in on the call because I do love to get both questions and concerns. Mm -hmm. And I always say to moms, listen, when dad goes through this plan, any question, any concern, even if it's the funniest thing, like, do I need to cover the light on the monitor? Like, ask me. This is what I'm here for. But I love it when both parents can be on. Stupid little lights on the monitors, <laughs> I know, right? I know. And blue lights. Yeah. They'll make like the sound on machines the with a blue light. I'm yeah. like, don't use blue. Um, but I've had parents have to remove themselves from the situation. They're, it's like they're on board. They're supporting their partner, but they can't do it. So I had a dad who owned his own company. And so he actually slept at the office for the first weekend. And mom did it because he knew if she cries, I'm telling you now I'm going in there. Hmm. And so we said, I said, are you okay to do it on your own? She said, yes. I said, okay, so if you can remove yourself for the night, do it. Don't feel bad. I've had moms who same thing, just, I, you can't promise no crying because you're changing what they're used to. It's not going to, they're not going to cry forever. And I really do. We really try to minimize the crying. Um, and so, you know, moms will go out for the evening, just go to the movies, go for a walk, just something, just kind of remove yourself if you're not on the same page. And it's not all the method, right? Like everyone thinks, oh, sleep training, I have to do cry it out. I have to sit in the room till they're asleep. There's more to the method. So sleep environment, like we talked about making it dark, that's a big one. Um, schedule is huge. If kids are going to bed too late and they're overtired, they're going to have a harder time falling and staying asleep. Um, another one is bedtime routine. A lot of people rush through the bedtime routine and it's not nice and relaxed. And so that can play a big part. And then there is the method. And what you said earlier, you have to be consistent. And so when we work with families, we work with them to find out what they can do. Like you guys, if I worked with you, you might pick one method and you might pick another one and that's okay. It's whatever you can be consistent with. And we usually don't agree on things. So that's (laughs) very likely. (laughs) And so that's why I try to remind families. Like it's, it's what you can do. Don't worry what your friend did. Don't worry what the mom on the mom board is doing right now. Let's pick something that you can do and then let's follow through and do it. You, you mentioned um, rushing through the bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for people to come up with good routines? Because I see that from our lives, from friends' lives, from yeah. clients. Uh, there tends to be more and more of that happening. Yeah. You know, your your life is so rushed. Exactly, right? yes. Uh, and then bedtime, it's all about, okay, get the kids to sleep so yes. we can have a drink and exactly. relax or so whatever. Exactly, so you can have right? your downtime. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips for making that process uh, be more consistent, be smoother? For sure, yeah. And, and even the kids are getting kind of wired at that time because they're right. tired. Yeah. And so my biggest tip is put your phones to the side. My husband and I have a rule that our phones stay on the fireplace while we do bedtime routine. And so then you're not tempted or distracted. So put it aside. I think of bedtime routine as your time to reconnect with your kids at the end of the day. And it's amazing. You can start it right from when you bring them home from the hospital or six weeks. By six weeks, you want to have some sort of little routine. But it doesn't have to be elaborate, just nice and calm and relaxed. So I go up and I close all the curtains upstairs because, again, darkness cues melatonin. And the sun is still out when our kids are going to bed. So we need to start to trick their brains. That's a tough thing this time down. of year, especially yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. And then it rises so early. So it's telling if, if people have early rising, make sure your room is dark. It's one part of the puzzle. The other is trying earlier bedtime. So bedtime routine, you want to go up, you want to brush your teeth. You want to have them go to the bathroom, depending on their age, get their diapers on their PJs, and then sit and read a book. 
or tell a story. It's really fun as they get older because when my son was about three or four, we always read a book or two. And, um, but then as he got a little bit older, we'd say, okay, give us the criteria. And he loved to say that word. So he'd be like, the criteria tonight is, and he would tell us like what the, what the story was going to be about. And then we tell a story. So if you don't feel like reading the hungry caterpillar for the seventh yeah. night in a row, <laughs> say, how about we make up our own story? What animal? Llama, llama, red yes. pajama. <laughs> Have you heard the, um, <laughs> the singing version of that? Oh God. No, <laughs> I, I haven't. And I don't to want to. to. <laughs> I've got the wiggles on a permanent repeat. <laughs> but if you do, so again, so just nice and calm, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you do the things you need to do, brushing their teeth and then just sit and read with them. Something quiet. As they get even older, my son is seven this year we started to do like a quiet board game so battleship or sorry and it's just again that time to reconnect and just kind of chat about things and then if you're if you're still doing bottles or nursing you're going to do that still as part of your bedtime routine and then get and then get them into bed you don't have to do a bath every night so some families feel like that has to be part of the routine it doesn't even if you do a bath every night for a month and then you're rushed or your baby's more tired, you can skip it because everything after is still the same. You're doing a diaper, you're doing pajamas. It's going to be the same. So just, you know, take those 20, 30 minutes and, and relax a bit. I have a quick uh, tip for some people. Um, actually, I, I would say a fair amount of our clients have California shutters or the wood blinds in their kids' rooms Mm -hmm. without any other darkening mechanisms. Right. And shutters and the wood blinds are probably the worst for um, allowing light in. Because there's all those little cracks cracks and crannies that uh, uh, the light will filter through, especially, like you said, Adrian, at this time of year, sun's staying out or the light, it's still light out till 9 o'clock at night and Mm -hmm. getting bright out at I don't know, 530. And it's going to get earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we had that problem because we have California shutters throughout. And I noticed that it was too bright. And and Natalie said, okay, we got to make it darker. And I searched pretty well everywhere. And uh, I landed on the um, uh, Leveler. Leveler? Yep. Okay. Um, they're, uh, they sell them at uh, Lowe's. That's where I bought them. And you can get them custom cut. So they're, they're one size, but then they cut it to size. Okay. And they are um, basically accordion style. Yes. Um, room darkening shades. Okay. And this particular ones uh, by Levelor, they, um, they fit. Right behind? Right behind the shutter. In, in the, Between the shutter and the glass? Between and, the shutter and the glass. Nice. And they're not paper? Um, or are they like a... Like a fabric, I think. Th- they're, okay. they're like a very thin okay. fabric. And then inside, so it's that accordion style, yes. right? And in... In the weave of it, there's like a um, like a foil kind of darkening I need material. To look these up. Um, so they 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 actually look okay. We got the white ones to match the all the trim and everything. Right. Um, and then because of that room darkening, whatever it is in between each cell, uh, when you close it, 
and then you close the shutters, it's absolutely pitch dark. And it gives you that flexibility. So these ones don't have any strings, cords, or anything to pull at. They're they're that uh, self-rising and self-pulling mechanism. And I think, um, so their window is probably five and a half feet long by three feet high and and three separate windows. So I think to do the whole thing was maybe a hundred and... Twenty hundred and thirty dollars. That's really good for to those. Know. So uh, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, for people with shutters, I'm actually considering installing it in our um, in our master bedroom yeah, as well. Should. Yeah. Because I was up again this morning before I would have yeah. woken because of the light uh, coming through. So that's really helpful because I actually spoke to a mom yesterday who has the California shutters, yeah. and. She doesn't like, I always suggest the paper blinds. I'm like, get those paper blinds. They fit right between the California shutter and the glass and do that. But she doesn't like the look of the black ones. And so that's really helpful. Yeah. And these ones, I believe you can actually customize to get in different color if you do a custom order. Yeah. Um, But they stock them in the white and a couple of different colors. So so they're out lows. They'll cut them on site. You just have to bring the measurements. Um, They're great, great product. We have the same size window for my one son's room. And if you guys could see it, it's awful. He likes it really dark. And so I have the paper blinds. And then my mom custom made, because it's such a big window, Mm -hmm. um, she custom made this blackout. It's just blackout material, but she had to sew it together to be big enough to be solid for him. And then we have another dark sheet that comes down. Like he loves it dark, but this is a really good alternative because we have to open all these layers and then he gets the sun. We had tried the wood blind. No, we didn't. We tried faux wood blinds and they melted because of the way the sun hits. So we need something. So that sounds like with that little bit of um, foil type thing, it's going to help to keep it cool. So that's really helpful. That's That's good. good. The only downside after we installed it, uh, I guess because of the change of temperature and because they work so well, it was holding the heat between the okay. uh, actual uh, shade yep. and the window. <laughs> and there must have been a, a, a time where the temperature was just too hot on one side, too cold on the other, whatever, and the window uh, cracked. Okay. I was going to mention that because if you put, um, I know people that, because you, you can put uh, window tint on houses some people do it some of it's clear just for uv and heat reduction and some of it's dark and if you put the dark stuff on especially cheaper windows like builder grade stuff yeah uh it absorbs so much heat it will crack the windows heat heat retention will yeah actually i had a in my living room we had this big poofy dark brown pillow on my couch and it somehow got did you get rid of that pillow no i still have it yeah it somehow got wedged between the couch and the window right and the heat, uh, just because of the pillow being against the window, cracked it. No way. So, yeah, you got to watch. So the white one is probably better because it would reflect yeah, it would a be lot good. of that heat. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they used to sell black, like a black sheet. Yeah. You could just stick to the window. Yeah. And that's the feedback I heard was not none of my clients used it, but yeah. reading online was that it was it could crack. So. Okay, yeah. Jamie, I, I, we need to get to an important topic. Yes. Do you have any tips for parents that are very tired and need some additional sleep? Would your tips be the same for mom and dad 
as it is for the kids. Dark, well, get off dark your phone. Room. Yes, phones exactly. are killing everybody. So phones, ta- listen, yep. let's let's ask the sleep consultant. <laughs> well, I'm just right. stating the obvious. Yep. So you definitely want to try to get off your technology. I I mean, 90 minutes would be fantastic, but I know it's not realistic a lot of times. So even an hour, even I'm 30 so minutes, I'll that. take well, it. Well, what do you think of the nighttime mode? I still say get off of it. Your mind is racing. You're scrolling. And your your brain is just, it's on, I'm right? I'm so bad for that. It is. It's hard. So one thing that we suggest is create a docking station in your kitchen and put your phones but on charge. But it's my alarm clock. Okay. But if you're, if you're getting enough sleep, you won't even need an alarm clock. Right. But if you do need one, get an old-fashioned alarm clock. Yeah. Or put your phone in the bathroom. With no blue lights. But yeah. Right. Put your phone in the bathroom so that it'll go off. Then you have to get out of bed to turn it off instead of hitting snooze. I've right? done that before, actually. It made a big difference. There's one point where I was so tired, I was hitting snooze, and I didn't even realize it. Okay. And I still don't know if, if in fact, I was, yeah. but uh, I decided something has to change. So I moved my phone to my yeah. dresser. Yes. And all of a sudden, it just, you know, now you get I up. was getting up. Yeah. Yeah, it made a big I've done difference. that. I, I'll set my alarm sometimes in the night to do something, and I'll turn it off. And I'm like, I don't even remember yeah. doing it in the morning. It's actually so. something as simple as that, though, is hard for people to do because naturally, exactly. like you're, you're wired to you think you do things it. easily. Yeah. Whatever's, I don't want to walk to the, you know, I can do it. I'll just not yeah. snooze tomorrow. Exactly. No. Yeah. So that's the one thing is really like I like to get all tech out of the bedroom. So TVs, even I don't think should be in the room. Um, so so do so get that off. One thing that is very much like the kids is bedtime routine. We set them up for the kids to help relax them and get them ready for sleep, but we don't, we rarely do it for us, right? It's like you finish, especially with what you guys are doing. I'm sure you're doing work late into the night, brush your teeth, hop into bed, but you want to have that wind down routine as well. So make it, you know, brush your teeth, maybe read a book. We always suggest keeping like a journal next to the bed so you can jot down any to-do list. I always say it's like a worry journal. So you write down everything that you have to do the next day, then you can close it. And it's out of your mind. And you're not, every time you cycle through sleep, you're not saying, oh, remember to call so-and-so tomorrow. Remember to yeah. email there. I There was one um, thing I needed to do recently, and I had put it off, and I really wanted to get it done. And so all night, I was dreaming about what my entry was a video thing that I had to do. All night, I kept replaying the video entry. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Okay. And so I kept doing <laughs> So I did not have a journal beside me. I should have. I could have jotted it down and closed it. Um keeping your bedroom cool and dark. So definitely darken it out. We just added these temporary shades last year. And it's funny because it was my son who came in and said, why is your room so bright? Like ours is so dark. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Why is it so bright? So making it dark makes all the difference. Uh, Cool. We all sleep better in cooler temperatures. So even if your partner is cold all the time, have that person layer up. Or if you're cold all the time, layer up. It's best to have it nice and cool for sleep. And then if you can't sleep, get out of bed. You know, when you're laying there and you wake up and you look at your phone, it's like, okay, it's two o'clock. I got four hours sleep if I fall asleep now. And then you toss and turn, then it's three o'clock and you start that countdown. It's not doing you any good. And then you're like, oh my God, I got to get to sleep. Got to get to sleep. Yes. It's not doing you any good. So if you can't sleep, get up. And if this is something that happens all the time, plan for it in advance and have a book or something, not the phone, not the tablet, not the computer, have it set up for you. Some people will do coloring. I got my mom a coloring book, like one of these adult coloring books, because 
she would wake in the night and not be able to fall back to sleep. So she'd go on the computer and she'd be responding to my sisters and I. So now she goes to, you don't want a bright light either. You want just like a warm light, read for 10 or 20 minutes and then go back to sleep. It, it resets your body. I like the journal idea because the other night I was laying in bed and for about 10 minutes, I'd say over the course of 10 minutes, there was five times where I would just lift my head, face my phone and say, hey, Siri, remind me tomorrow morning to call so-and-so. Oh, it's recording. So I was, I was, (laughs) (laughs) call so-so. So I was, I was. Uh, So, but if I had have taken five minutes to write that stuff down, I would have. Yeah. Probably had a better start to my sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Like and it doesn't too. help my wife either. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every time you're calling out just yeah. as she's falling asleep. Got my personal assistant in my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are my top tips. I have an article I can send you. You can read through as well. Alcohol probably doesn't help. Even just a glass of wine, I imagine. It doesn't help. A lot of people think that it'll Depends help you fall asleep. Depends how much you drink, asleep. Adrian. Yeah, it helps you. I mean, a lot of people feel like it helps you fall asleep, but it doesn't help you stay asleep right. and it can really fragment your sleep. Same with coffee. You know, they say not to have it. I was listening to something the other day that you want to try to have it at least eight, if not 12 hours. You want to have your last cup before you go to bed mm-hmm. because it stays in your system. Yeah. I read no caffeine after two. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's my policy as well. Is it? That's good. I'm bad for that. If I have a Coca-Cola or a, coffee or something past two o'clock. You notice the difference? I, I can't, I cannot go yeah. to sleep for quite some time. So I feel like reading really helps though. Cause I notice the difference working. If I'm on the computer and then I go to bed, I fall asleep, but my mind's racing. Like I feel like all my thoughts will be really fast, but if I read, then it's just more peaceful. Right. When you, some people do meditation too, and you can do apps. And now with things like Alexa and Google, you don't actually need your phone right beside you. Um, but if you if you don't have those things, you can use Headspace. Like there's a whole bunch of them. But again, put it on your dresser because it'll turn off when you're done. Yeah. And it's it's nice just to kind of lay there and it walks you through. Like you can do like a body scan and it gets you to relax all your muscles. I don't usually make it through the whole thing. And it, it is. It's pretty well, relaxing cool. as well. Have, yeah. you, have either of you tried the Calm app? No, no, I see ads for it all the time. I think it's just like you. a noisemaker, isn't it? Like it just no. listen to sounds. He's got some... Storytelling, you can oh, you really? can okay. pick what it is, but I have to look this up. <laughs> so I tried the trial, and um, I I I couldn't stick with it. No? The um, the narration, <laughs> so it's storytelling for you, but you know, in those dark, deep voices. Yes. <laughs> and there was there's this one guy that does a number of them and he was just annoying me okay yeah then you can't keep with that (laughs) and and i grabbed the phone finally and i'm like shut up right so needless to say i didn't do you nap uh when i can it doesn't happen often um so if i i used to especially before i thought i remember that yeah before the kids i've never uh, napped no no i was a napper yeah so before before the kids well the nature of our job so from 2011 to 2016 i would say so for a good five six years and maybe even a little bit before that on days off uh in my previous careers um you know you get that mid-afternoon sluggishness um and i am a night owl. I, I've always stayed up late. I like to stay up late. Right. Um, I often work late and, you know, yeah. we can be up working at 
six o'clock in the morning on pretty regular mm-hmm. basis. Uh, for sure, by seven, we're working. Um, there's many days where I'm working at five o'clock in the morning. So if you take six o'clock and then you're working until some nights, 11, 10, 11, midnight, because we do do deals up until that time of night mm-hmm. with no rest in between. It's going to catch up to you. That, that's, that makes for a very long day. And I find that, and not long, I, and I make sure it's a 30-minute or a 45-minute good. Uh, nap. Good. And I'm very regimented uh, with that because if I, I find if I nap too long, I'm, I've gone into too deep of a sleep and I'm groggy and tired. Part, yep, right? yeah, yep. absolutely. So half an hour to 45 minutes. 45 minutes is, is a good nap for me. Um, I wake up. I have a shower. It's almost like a new day for me. Uh, have a snack. Um, have a couple glasses of water. And I'm I'm revived, ready to go. And in 2017, actually, I'll say, so when our kids were just born and before they were born, so because they were born in uh, mid, mid-year, mid uh, 2017 was a year for us where we had a lot of multiple offers, if you remember that, mm-hmm. and we were presenting them in person on a regular basis. Right. You, you weren't emailing the offer. You were going to the house, battling yes. against dating other line, people. Yeah, yeah other cars. offers, sitting in the car yeah. and doing all that. So if I knew I'm presenting an offer that night, damn sure I was taking a yeah. nap. I was revitalizing my body, my brain, because I wanted to be on the ball for, mm-hmm. for that. And if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have won some of the deals I won just from being sharp and the other people not being as sharp. So, But now there's just no, no fucking time to nap, yeah. right? Like when do you squeeze in a nap? Oh, we uh, could have nap time here. We could part. You could totally so do that. No, no word it's of a lie. Voice. I was here <laughs> a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday uh, and... Saturdays here are great because nobody else is really here. And if it is, you know, somebody's coming in and out. And um, I had a light lunch, but I was just exhausted. So I laid on the floor and I took a, a half an hour nap. It felt great. Or you could so do it at an open house. Chris walked into oh uh, <laughs> an open house with his, I think he was with his son. And the realtor hosting the open house was taking a nap on the couch. No way. <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes is good. Like 20 to 30 minutes is good for a nap. And if you are a coffee drinker, it sounds cheesy to say, but they call it like a nappuccino. So if you have your coffee and then you nap for half an hour, you'll feel the effects of the caffeine. Like when you wake up, because it, it takes in. half an hour. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, 20 minutes is good. I've, I've been a napper my entire life. Like whenever I can get a little nap in, I do it, even if it's 10 or 20 minutes. And last year I had a doctor say to me, I think you need to stop. And I should know this. Like, I know that if it's affecting your night's sleep, you should stop. But I was sleeping soundly at night, or so I thought I was. But his argument was I wasn't getting into my deep sleep. So I cut naps completely. And I do. I definitely sleep deeper now. Mm. So if you're going to do it 20, 30 minutes, 45, you find is good. I wouldn't go longer than that. The other tip is if you're exhausted, if you guys come off a week where you have these crazy long nights and early mornings, the more sleep you can get before midnight is the better, even with kids. That's why I love an early bedtime, because the most restorative sleep of the day happens between 5 p.m. and midnight. And so if you're if you're tired, try going to bed half an hour earlier for at least a week whenever you can do it. Just try doing that instead of sleeping in later. It's more beneficial to go to bed earlier. 
I have one last question yeah. for you, for myself anyways. Yeah. What time do you think is a good time for kids to be going to bed? Okay, good question. Oh, so God, somewhere between... Just well, I because the reason I bring it up is because yeah. you're saying get as, as adults, get as much sleep as you can before midnight. Yes. If... My wife and I want to spend any time together. Yeah. It's hard to do that because yes. the kids go to bed late. We, well, we put them to bed around eight. Okay. Uh, and what do you mean by put them to bed? So our bedtime routine Are is they sleeping at eight. No, no, like they're, they're in their bed. They're in bed, maybe reading them a book around eight o'clock. Okay. Sometimes we're not done that until eight thirty, eight forty-five. Okay. But, you know, before you know it, you're done with them. You leave the room it's close to nine o'clock and, then and you done. should really be going to bed yourself yeah. soon okay so and and our kids we time? start that process at about 7 30 7 to go up bath time uh reading books getting dressed and all that and nine o'clock they're lights out lights out in the bed and then they fall asleep pretty shortly after. So it's pretty late too. On a side note, the best thing I love when I see in movies where they put their kids to bed and tuck them in, give them a kiss, close yeah, the door and yeah. walk away. Good night. Just like That's that. what you can do. You can do that. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. Well, let's My get back to the timing. Do that. Um, okay. So if it's working for you, don't change it. I don't want you to call me next week and be like, we moved bedtime earlier and now they're up all night long. Um, you screwed up. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I don't suggest a bedtime. The oldest is five. Years are two and years is five. I don't suggest later than seven o'clock in bed lights out if you can do it. Obviously, if with work, you can't always do the earlier bedtime. Um, but really, kids need, they need like 11 or 12 hours of sleep at night. Mm. And so unless they're sleeping in till nine, I'm not sure. Maybe they are, but. Ours are waking up 7.30. Okay. So they'll. They'll get 10 and a half to 11 nap? hours. Yeah, they uh, they get about a, on average, I would say over two hour nap. Okay, From that's 12, good. 20-ish to like uh, about 2.30-ish to yeah. 45. So you could, if you wanted to, bring bedtime earlier. Like, I, I mean, 7.30 at the latest. I would say 7. Your five-year-old doesn't nap. She's in school. Correct. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, five, 7 o'clock. Is, are McKenna and Tessa on the same schedules aside yeah. from McKenna's nap? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be too hard it to keeps the, yeah, do exactly. it separately. At this Does McKenna point. nap? She's in bed. Sometimes yeah, okay. there's, there's, yeah, like we sometimes just call it quiet time. Like put Perfect. her in the bed and yes. do what you want. I do the but, same thing at that age. Once my kids hit two, I'm like, it's quiet time. Yeah. You can play with your stuffed animals. You can sing. Mommy's going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I would well, work. Well, we do quiet time for Tessa too. Like if That's she's good. home, like yes. not during the week. Yeah. We'll put her in her room for a couple hours. She needs it. We all need that break, especially like kindergarten's exhausting. Yeah. I think it's healthy for her because she gets creative. She plays with her toys yes. and you walk in there. She's like full on conversation Absolutely. with her dolls. And it's whatever. so good for the imagination. Yeah. So really you could bump it earlier. Um, some families will say to me, okay, I'm doing like a nine o'clock bedtime. So I'll just start going 15 minutes earlier. I don't think you even need to do that. I think you can just make the jump. They don't know the time. You might get pushed back on, but it's sunny out. Yeah. It's still bright, but you can just say, well, that's why I'd make it dark. And I just say the sun is confused. And it's bedtime, and yeah. that's what it is. So. Oh, I know it. For us, it would work 100%. Because yeah. if I'm at home by myself and Alicia's out for the night with girls or whatever, um, I'll have them in bed by 7.30. Daddy's Perfect. sitting 101, eh? Yeah, yeah put them can... to bed, and it works well. Yeah, because they're ready. What happens is they get into the second wind. 
Yeah. And then they're wired. So some families will come to me and say, like, there's no way my kid is going to bed before 10 p.m. And I get it based on what they're seeing. But I say that's because a lot of people think when a child is tired or overtired, they're going to fall asleep eating their dinner. And it's so often the opposite. They get this second wind and they're just ready to keep going. So you want to catch them before that. So you can, uh, you and Alicia can uh, experiment and then let me know how that (laughs) works. If people didn't listen to the first half of that, that that, uh, (laughs) conversation, yeah, the whole conversation, then your one comment may come across odd. And on that note, um, that's a lot of information for anybody listening. Thank you for very helpful. Sharing your wealth of knowledge. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So on Instagram, it's at goodnight Halton on Facebook. I'm goodnight sleep site. Halton. It's a long name, but Goodnight Sleep Site Halton. And most Sunday nights I do a free Facebook clinic from nine till 10. So people can just, or sorry, eight till nine, people can come on and post their questions and I answer them throughout eight the Eight to hour. 9 p.m.? Yeah, eight till 9 p.m. Hopefully their kids are sleeping by then. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Sometimes they're not. So some <laughs> will like write it up beforehand and then they post it and go do the bedtime routine. So that's okay. I'm there. And then they can always just send me a message. We can set up a free 15 minute consultation, talk about what's going on. I try to write a lot of blogs and articles based on the questions I'm getting from the moms that moms and dads that I meet. So often I just send off some information and some of that is enough for them to get things going. But yeah, they can reach out to me. Cool. Awesome. That's good. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. Great. It's a wrap.